I get a good now. I feel like this year being at regionals, I'm gonna have a very high sense of pride of being able to work out at regionals at, as a high level athlete representing my own gym, and I think that's just gonna motivate me to push harder and I don't know perform better. It also takes a lot of less pressure off me. I feel like too, like because like you know what I I got it made. I got my own gym. Like, you know, if I don't perform well at regionals, whatever, but I think that pressure coming off of me is going to make me perform better. Um, and I think it just motivates me to walk the walk. Like, I want to be a role model for the people in my gym, and I want people to realize that um, this is this gym is owned by someone who, who this is their life. This is Marco Dapke, owner of CrossFit MFP, regionals 2018 athlete for the CrossFit Games and also strength conditioning coach at Haverford High School. And you're listening to the Heads and Tails Podcast. Welcome back to the Heads and Tails Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Som, and each week I bring you an inspiring athlete's story of perseverance or expert knowledge in the field of sports health and safety. Just like flipping a coin, you can't control what happens to you in sports or in life. You can always control how you respond. This is my response after suffering a traumatic brain injury in a high school football game, and I hope it leaves you feeling both inspired and informed. Ah, duality. The athlete duality. I can't take credit for that name because a guy named Paul Rabel, okay. he, he's like uh, he's like the best lacrosse player like in the country. Really? Probably in the world. Really? But he has a podcast called Suiting Up, and it's kind of like about the athlete duality yeah. of like being an elite level athlete, but also like being an entrepreneur on the side. So he has like incredible interviews, and um, I definitely recommend people – if you like my podcast, you should probably listen to that okay. podcast too because okay. it's a lot about like life after sports and preparing yourself uh, for life after sports. So, you know, that can always be such an interesting conversation yeah. with people. Well, I've come to notice that I've been talking about it for the last two and a half years, but now more. It's becoming like a sexier topic like in the social media It's It's world. huge, man. Yeah. I feel like it's so interesting too about like – even from elite athletes' perspective, like, what are you doing after? I mean, there's so many stories, I bet, that are just left untold because, I mean, there's so many. Yeah. Like, this guy has, like, Tiki Barber on there. He had Bill Belichick on. Oh, Tiki Barber. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. It was a cool cool interview overall. Uh, but Marco and I just finished up part one of this podcast about earning your intensity and uh, preventing a lot of injuries and injuries that I succumbed to because I didn't earn my intensity in a lot of ways. Uh, so go back and listen to last week's episode uh, if you're interested in, in that topic. But this particular episode is going to cover the athlete duality, like we just said, um, of being an elite-level athlete, which you made it to the CrossFit Regionals for the second year in a row, which is an incredible feat for anyone. Uh, it's like making it to the World Series or the Super Bowl, like, you know, every – or maybe the AFC well, Championship game. He, well, he, well, here's how I actually <laughs> described it. I described it to the head coach at the at Haverford when he was talking to me about. He probably him. like didn't know, right? He had no idea. So I'm like, all right, I'll actually look at it about like this. Making regionals is like playing for. I look at it like this: playing for Division One like college football, like Alabama, Florida, LSU. Right, the elite guys. Elite yeah. guys, but like, if you can make it to the games, like you're that. You're you're probably like the NFL player. Right. Like it. So, I mean, you're still like close to it. I mean, that's, but I mean, I think making it to the games is just that 1%, you know, right. not even 1%. So, I mean, making it to the regionals is, is less than 1% from the world, but making it to the games is just like another level. Like, yeah. how many people go play Division One college football? But how many make it to the NFL? So, that's how, how I kind of explained it in like an easy way to relate to. Yeah. Um, so let's start off by talking about like, did you always want to start your own business? Um, I always thought about the idea of having not, not, I've never, I'm not, I don't consider myself a business guy. I never did. Um, but in terms, I never thought of a business. I didn't think business. I thought of a gym and relating gym to a business now is important, but like, I didn't think business when I thought gym, like back then, um, I thought about having my own gym, like having my own space. I didn't understand the logistics of it, but I just was like, you know what? I, you know, always wanted to have my own gym. And it actually is funny that, um, that when I was a freshman in college, 
and maybe even going back, like I was when I was always training. We talked about this last podcast. Like I always loved working out and training in general. But um, when I was in college, in my in my dorm room with my roommate, like I had like the perfect push ups and resistance bands and mats or whatever. And you know, I would always like set these work workouts up with me and my my roommate, and we would just like you know just get like a like a like a bro pump and work out and just do miscellaneous stuff. And he was like, "Yo, this is Dap's gym." He's like, you're gonna have a Dap Shim one day. He called it Daps because it's my last name, right. Dapke. He goes, <clears throat> he goes Dap Shim. He's like, and we would start working out, open the doors, like, yo, come to Daps Shim. <laughs> like people would, like our, like the the you know next door roommates, like would see us work out, and they would like be intrigued of it. And it's like, yo, we're working out at Daps Shim. So like that concept actually never really like left me. I'm like, well, I could always do something like that. I feel like I could have, and that idea of having my own gym really didn't come until. I was working at uh, CrossFit Westchester for years. Um, just seeing the environment of a CrossFit gym when I fell in love with CrossFit and um, developing my, developing myself in CrossFit, I always felt like I like that's what I would want with my life. Um, how I would get there and how I, you know that process would look like I didn't know at the time, but I always told myself like I could do that. Um, and just seeing from the owners there and how a business is run, not just a gym, is how I was able to kind of slowly throughout years of put those logistics together of how I can make uh, have my, start my own gym. So, did those guys help you out at all? Like, were absolutely, you, you were yeah. like pretty transparent with like absolutely, your, and your I think goals? yeah. Well, there was a gap when I left coaching there, um, and then the owners are are at CrossFit Westchester. Um, Steve Wakefus. Met him uh, last time, yeah. You, so, yeah, you met Steve. Um, I think you met Jimmy, um, Jenny Butler, and Jim Wingerter. So, they have four owners. Um, so, working there for so long, um, I, I knew, like, I always wanted to have something, like, of a higher role. It just was the, the, the situation of um, taking a higher role. They, I mean, it just wasn't necessarily there where I wanted to go. So, I had, like um, – different jobs I started looking at other experiences too so I was like well you know I want to work in CrossFit like what other things can I do so I you know started doing instead of I stopped working at CrossFit as as a coach and I started playing around with other personal training type jobs at different facilities like health and wellness centers or like I learned from like a a training program from Mike Boyle uh, strength conditioning where I learned a lot of stuff like from the earning intensity part we talked about um and I, uh, I think that was just such a good experience, though, because what are, what are all personal training jobs about, like, in that level? It's all about sales, selling, and that's what businesses is sometimes. It's just sales, sales and selling, like, but that's also what threw me away from it. Like, I hated that concept. Like, I hated sitting down with someone and having to read from a script, like, okay, well, what's your uh, health history like here? Okay, well, let's... Uh, all right, we're going to make this type of plan. Like, I, I just thought it was too much of a script, and I didn't feel like it was real, but it did teach me a lot. Like, I observed. Like, I wasn't going to go into those experiences and not learn anything out of it. I was going to go into these experiences and um, learn about, well, like, what goes into, like, starting these gyms or, like, what are they doing on the back end? Or Like, I would just observe things and see how, like, these sales were. Like, what are they doing on the uh, from a business perspective? Um, and I was able to learn a lot about business and everything from the owners at Westchester. Like I took notes, like a lot of the stuff I do here on the back end is like what I learned from them, like everything from how I programmed, how I coached to how I look at, you know, um, using business software, like all that was started from there. And I kind of just kept building off of that from other experiences through personal training jobs. And then, um, just getting a different perspective. I think the more perspectives kind of helped me are you know, learn. And then I got into like strength conditioning at Villanova for an internship and just maybe seeing like, is that a right fit for me? Maybe I'm not meant to be working in a gym. Maybe I should just be working with athletes because I mean, you can get paid. Um, Some I'm of those just, guys make real good money. Yeah. And I, oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's crazy. Unreal. Yeah. And I, uh, I was looking at eventually, like when you're, when you're asking about like, when did I start thinking about this? It was really when I started to just notice that I never really got into a true, like, steady area of, of when I was working of, like, really enjoying the process. Like, I, it just got 
it just like you know you start excited then like you're just like kind of going through the motions um because you're an employee or yeah maybe because i'm an employee maybe because because uh I just wasn't enjoying it. Like, I didn't get to do what I feel like I truly, like, wanted to do with people or how I feel like. The way you I, wanted to do the it. The way, way I wanted to do it and the way I um, felt like was a good approach to things. And, like, I th- I always took open – I was always open to everything. I think, you know, I have, to, I have a lot to learn still, and I'm trying to still keep learning things. But um, I knew that, like, it's just I, w- I wanted to start a career, right? My, always, my whole idea was, like, when I – graduate is like I need to get a career and I want to do what makes me happy and my mom always told me um she says you need to do what makes you happy and it that has never like left me because she was do she worked 30 years at for UPS and she hated her job but she did it just to like grind and make a living for both of us um and I just knew I wanted to do something I love and I became so involved with CrossFit and loved everything about it and loved training and being a trainer and learning the education about it. I knew like that's what I wanted to do with my life. Um, and eventually I had like a, once I, once I had, I had a, a serious intervention and it's, it's funny cause um, I was working at, when I was working at Villanova, um, the the coach there was a there was a time period in the middle of the day where like you know a couple of the coaches maybe would just like hop down be in the facility and maybe, maybe working out and stuff like that um you know we were there for athletes but i was like you know what i'm just gonna go up to to these coaches and say hey do you guys want to do uh like a coach's fitness class i know coaching is stressful and i understand the stress of being a coach and the, the what happens of being a coach and i think just taking care of yourself and taking time for yourself is important so i kind of like just approached him, walked up and said, hey, do you guys want to work out with me? And and I ended up training, you know, a decent amount of the staff, just doing like CrossFit and general physical preparedness stuff and fitness. And um, that whole f- fact that I was doing that when I was in like an internship thinking that I could maybe go into strength conditioning, but yet I really enjoyed just training the coaches more. Like I looked forward to that. Like, I looked forward to, like, seeing the coaches Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 12 o'clock and doing little coaches' fitness class where they're, you know, just want to be healthy and well. And I, like, looked forward to that so much. And that made me think, like, if I can just do that, you know, I just go up to people and be a nice person, a good coach. Like, I could well, – why can't I just do that at my own gym? Like, I feel like I could do that. And, the you know, they gave me a letter afterward and said how much they appreciated that and – you know, I really took that to heart, and that really made me feel like a certain way about how I look at myself as someone who can help other people. And I wanted to find a way how how can I do that at a larger scale? Right. And um, that's where I was like, you know what? I think I'm ready now. I always had that idea of, like I said, in, uh, having my own gym. It wasn't necessarily like I'm just trying to. Talk out loud here. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Or think out loud. So it wasn't like you had, like, lemonade stands growing up and, like, you were, you know, selling candy bars to your friends mm-hmm. or anything like that. Um, it was more just, like, just something that you just love doing and you know yeah. based off of your experiences that you're good at it and you enjoy doing it and it's something that you love doing. Mm-hmm. Do you think that your experience with overcoming cancer has anything to do with really going after that, like, do what makes you happy, starting your own gym, um, just because I feel like, I mean, obviously everyone wants to be happy. Everyone wants mm-hmm. to do things that make them happy, but I'd say like 95% of the world, or at least in America, doesn't mm-hmm. actually do that. They just kind of go through the motions mm-hmm. with things that don't make them happy at all. And I mean, I'm you know, guilty of that to a degree as well. Okay. Um, just like in a corporate world, a corporate job and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like there's risk and benefit to anything that you mm-hmm. do. Um, so, yeah, I'm just curious like if that yeah. had anything to do that's, with it. And honestly, that's great you brought that up because it had everything to do with it. It's everything. If I did not get sick, I, I mean, and we talked about this a little bit last time. It, it's This is such a spiritual thing that, and it changed the way I think about things in life when I got sick. Um, if I did not get sick, I'd be, I don't know what I'd be doing with my life. Honestly, I, pro- I all I thought about at the time was football, how badly I wanted to be a, a, a D one 
football player and, and, you know, do something with football and uh, just be an athlete and only an athlete. I didn't even think about, like, uh, as much as a, a career. And when I got sick, I knew – I just had a feeling that it was going to take me somewhere else in my life. I don't know particularly where it would have been, but, I mean, I knew – it made me think about what I wanted to do with my life. And when I went to college to start as like a phys ed teacher, I knew I wanted to be a teacher. I knew I wanted to um, just help others and like help others feel the same way I thought about like working out because when I had phys ed in high school, it, like it made me appreciate physical activity and just I always was into that stuff. It was just and I was always, I'm always a very uh, I'm very persuasive and I persevere like my mom always told me she's like you're a stubborn guy like I get that's what helps me with like helping with sales or whatever like that but um that whole experience just made me realize that there's something else than just there's something out there for me I don't know where what it could be and where it could be uh but it led me on these experiences if it wasn't for that getting sick I would have never went to college for my that education I would have never have um, maybe found CrossFit, I probably would have never have had that idea that like, you know, I wanted to teach people, I wanted to help people, and I just always saw myself as being a teacher. I knew that even from before I had cancer, like when we were doing this event at the high school um, called um, Gym Night, and it was like, where you talking about that? And we have like, and you take like 50 to 100 kids from your grade and you teach them this routine and you're a captain and with all these other captains and you're teaching things I'm like I could if I could do this to high school kids now I mean I could like I have that ability to be someone like that in my future and I would it's just always in the back of my head and then it really just I just had a moment where I just knew that it was all going to happen and it was recently this past year it was after that and I was said to myself after regionals, I'm going to do something to, like, make this happen. Like, this is what I want. This this is my career. My career is probably – I don't think my career is a college sports. I don't – in strength and conditioning. I think it's just – like, if I can have my gym – if I can have a gym and I can just do this, this is what's going to – like, this is what I was meant to do. I feel like this is why I got sick. And maybe not. I mean, maybe five years from now I might be saying something different, you know. But, like, that's how I think. But uh, – I really, truly believe that this is, was, a, was a path. Um, and the fact that, you know, I, I'm fortunate and lucky enough to have this opportunity of that path. I look at getting sick as an opportunity. Uh, it, it's, it really has just, I, I, I don't know, I don't understand it maybe, the spirituality of it, but it just literally has, it was, has been a step-by-step -step process. Yeah, I mean, that resonates with me too, like, you know, at the time when I had my head injury and I couldn't play football anymore either, I thought it was, like, the worst thing that ever freaking happened to me. But, mm -hmm. you know, 10 years later, looking back at it, like, I never would have met you. I wouldn't be sitting in this gym today. I wouldn't mm -hmm. have got that workout in. Like, it led me down a path that, Absolutely. you know, I wouldn't trade, you know, at all. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I think that's pretty cool. So, what was, like, I know you said after regionals, you, you wanted to do something to kind of make this dream come true. But, like, was there a trigger like for that was there like yeah i um well the trigger actually was when like i knew i i knew i knew i always wanted to do it, but that trigger was after that experience with the coaches at villanova okay when i trained them i just, it just clicked with me i'm like this is what i need to do stuff like this that more. was it yeah i need to do this more okay because it just made me feel such a certain way like deep inside when they and i read that letter like i almost teared up like it just made me feel so good that like i had the I had the uh, courage or whatever to like go up to these guys and just say, "Hey, let's just start a fitness class and work out." Like, and they were all in and they trusted me. And the fact that I, I like, I felt like I could do that to more people. And I, I like, what do I need to do that? I needed a gym. So, right. um, after regionals, my trigger was to, like, "All right, what do I need to do to, to actually do this?" Happen. Yeah. So. All right, well, take us through that process. Like, what was, you know, you, how little did you know going into it? And then, like, what got you here? 
Yeah, I well, the first thing is I had to start off with like we're what doing this podcast in Marco's. <laughs> this is my for, gym. For we have some videos going on, so people yeah. obviously watching yeah. know we're here. But for the listeners out there, we're yeah. recording in his gym. Yeah, I uh, the first step was I I had to make a list of like what my priorities were for this year. Um, I, my first step was like I wanted to start my own gym, but that was my first part. I also wanted to, you know, compete still, and I wanted to be involved with the CrossFit. Um, but, you know, competing was not my priority. This was my priority. This gym was my priority all year. And so I had to figure out, well, what what are your first steps? Like, how do you start with, with you know, how do you start with your own gym? Um, and I just started with, like, the basic thing, which is, was like, looking at a location. What's your, you know, I you have to find your demographic. Like, where do you want to open up a CrossFit gym? And specifically, I knew I wanted to affiliate with CrossFit. Like, that's what I wanted to do, and I was very determined to do that. Like, I've, I'm not an anti-CrossFit guy. I think you see a lot of anti-CrossFit these days, but um, I was all well, for obviously it. Obviously not. I mean. Yeah, I've, yeah, right. So <laughs> yeah. I had to look at my demographic and where I wanted to be. And I looked at, you know, where other CrossFit gyms were, obviously, you know, just from a business standpoint, I knew like I didn't want to open up directly right next to one, but uh, I knew like where I wanted to be, which was in this Havertown um, area. So particularly, um, one, my girlfriend Stephanie, um, she works at the middle school and Haver at Haverford uh, School District, um, which is right around the corner from here. Um, we've been together for um, you know almost four years, and uh, I'm looking at also looking at my life ahead of just after regionals, right? I'm not looking at just like, I'm looking at a career, but I'm also looking at like a one-year plan, a five-year plan, a 10-year plan. Um, and actually, I didn't think about, I, I, that originally didn't think come up with me. Like I worked at Lululemon. We were talking about this earlier. One one of the really cool benefits of working at Lululemon um, is that they make you talk about your own goals. Like when you're an employee there, they talk about like, you have to set goals for yourself. Like you can take it as serious as you want to, but like that that kind of stuck with me. I'm like, well, what are my goals? Like what is my one, five, and ten-year goal? And you start writing these things down. So I started writing that down after regionals, like what I wanted to see myself. And I actually looked at having a gym as more of like a five- or ten-year goal. But you know what? At at this point, I was just like – I was just sick of – and this maybe might be another trigger point. I might be going on a tangent here a little bit. Um, but my other trigger point was like I was just – I always, I noticed I always just got into like a funk of like my personal or just whatever jobs I was in. I just truly just wasn't happy. And I always like, you got to do what you're happy with doing. And I just got into like a, you know, like I just kind of went through the motions and I didn't like going through the motions. I don't like going through the motions with my jobs, but I felt like it because I just wasn't happy doing that. And so, um, and it's made me really kind of take those, it pushed me to take those steps to start a gym. Um, just cause like the personal training thing, I just didn't like it. And, uh, so anyway, going back to, you know, finding the gym. So I knew my demographic was here. I knew I wanted a, a five and 10 year plan of maybe making, uh, a life that's, you know, with a family having, you know, just not just having a, a job, but also having a real life. Um, and I think this area in particular was really where I wanted to be. And, um, so you start looking at places, you just go online. I mean, I don't know. I just went online. It's like, uh, you know, warehouse for lease in Havertown. You just search the stuff and you find places. I mean, the hard part about this area is that it's not a very industrial warehouse friendly space demographic. It's a very large demographic of people. You're going to, which was one thing, reason why I wanted to be here, like looking at a business perspective, like you need people in the gym. Well, you want to go place that's very saturated with people. And this is very saturated with people. Um, but this area doesn't have, like, you know, your typical CrossFit gym is what? Like a warehouse. Yeah. Right? Could, there was nothing available, like at least in the area-wise, that was truly a warehouse. Um, and, you know, you're looking at places and, well, you know, how do I, like, what do I do? Do I go meet with someone? Or, you know, you send, and you might find a place you're looking at interested. And I've done it, and I did this at first where I was, uh, you know, I found a place that maybe would be the type of space I'm looking for. You email the broker, and, you know, you meet with them, and you take a look. So I started doing that. This was about um, 
maybe June, like at, like maybe not not too long after regionals. Like that that time last year, I just started taking that initiative of like looking at places. Um, and so the next part was is that I was doing a uh, like a six week challenge coaching at Westchester. Like I decided to go back to CrossFit Westchester and just help them out with not as an official employee. But just like as a as like a, a coach to help them out with like bringing new members in, you know something that I can make some money off of and just stay connected with them because I always have a good relationship. I train there all year, so like we're very close and they still help me out with a lot of stuff here. Like they help me build this gym out, um, so I was helping them out with the six week challenge, um, coaching it, and it just so happened to be that the interviews for these people to do this challenge, like one guy was a realtor, and one guy was a lawyer. And I sent it, made a connection. They were both in the class I taught. And, like, through the interviews, I guess it made it popped out that, like, I was, you know, I mean, I'm helping them. It's communicated. Hey, I'm helping these guys out with being coach and everything. But, I you know, I might open up my gym one day. And then one realtor goes, like, hey, if you ever need anything, let me know. I built a connection with him, and it just started. He helped me understand what you need to be looking for from a lease perspective, from, a, you know, a, a building perspective, um, and then him and the lawyer knew each other. So he's like, Hey, if you need a lawyer, go to this guy. <laughs> it was just like, and it made me start to think in my head, like, Holy shit. Like, how is this all happening? Like, I feel like it just made me feel like one step after the other, like this was meant to be. Yeah, and I mean, some of it might be too, like that. You're just so excited about maybe just starting a new career and venture that you're just believing just because you're excited about it. Maybe you don't know. Maybe it's not meant to be, but you believe it. Like when I first, found the first space without meeting them yet like of a place in Havertown that I could look at as a building like I'm like you're envisioning when you're being shown the space like yeah I could I could put this here I could put this here like yeah this is a space um you know and they were like hey you, you have a plan, always have a plan b and c of a space um but you know I was always envisioning this stuff like cause I knew at this point like I need to be doing this because I'm still working personal training but I'm still like looking around maybe finding something um, softly telling people that, you know, I think I'm ready to open up a gym and think I'm going to do this. And, uh, I found this one space. It's, uh, right around the corner from here. And it was like 3000 square feet, um, half industrial, actually. It was on the main road here, some, something like this. And, uh, you know, my, my, the realtor and lawyer were helping me out doing this. Like they were, we really thought this was a space and ended up I'm learning all these things about like zoning and <laughs> zoning things with the township and, you know, what you need for parking and for space. And this is a very hard, this, this township in particular is, is, is tough when it comes to those circumstances. So, you, um, you know, there were a lot of challenges. I, uh, you know, it was denied to be used that space initially. Like I, the parking didn't work for it. There was this huge lot, but it belonged to a CVS and, um, you know, just that space just really didn't work out. And so, um, and all during this time, Kev, when I was, you know, looking at these spaces, I was also like writing down just like on my phone, on my notes, like, what do I need to do to start a gym? Cause when I talked to the guys at Westchester, um, just getting there, like, what was it like your experiences? Like, that's what I actually first started to do. Like I was like, I went to other gym owners and other coaches and I talked to them. I said, you know, like, what, what do you need to do? Or like, what's it like? Or whatever, just getting other perspectives and education. My first step, I knew I need to educate myself about starting a gym and a business. Like, I'm not just going to go into this blind. by myself. Yeah, blind. So I just got as much advice as I could from other people. And it used to be really with CrossFit, I, I'm guessing is just like, hey, we want to start a gym and let's just like do it. There was no business plan. Like a template, yeah. Yeah, so like, I had to, you know, I made a bit, I made business plans. I wrote all these steps, like, what do I need? Um, and just all the details. Um, and that's really, those were really my first steps. And when I started doing all that, I'm like, yeah, I could do this. Um, and eventually I just, first step was I, I left personal training. I started my own personal training business. That's where I got the mad fit and perform thing. I was like, well, you know, one thing is working at personal training. Eventually, when I said, you know what, I'm just, I need to start doing my, my working. I need to do what I want to do. Um, 
I left and I actually took all my personal training clients with me um, to be my person. I said, hey, listen, you're paying all this money at a personal t- training gym. Um, you know, I'm not getting even half of that. <laughs> I'm not hardly, I'm hardly getting paid half of that. I can't really do what I want to do with you here. Um, you know, what, what if I just, you know, brought equipment and brought it to your house and trained you there? So what I did was I, I left that and I started my own personal, like, because the, the first step when my lawyer says you need to have a, you know, you have to have a legal business, you know, so you have a business ID and all that stuff. And um, I started Mad Fitness and Performance as my own personal training. I I just invested in some little little piece of equipment and across Westchester, like, hey, I'm like, hey, guys, like, I want to do my own personal training. Can I borrow some equipment? We have a good relationship. We're like, yeah, you can do that. Like, you know, we love you. It's cool you have that support from them, yeah. Oh, it's amazing how much support. I mean, they always have a family with them. And, uh, you know, they helped. And I just traveled to people, these my clients' houses, and I just trained them. And I was like, I felt so alive doing that. I felt like I could, like, really and truly do what I wanted to do. And it was like, cause I, you have that control and freedom. And I think that's really what I wanted the whole, this whole process. Yeah, it's interesting just from listening to – kind of your thought process and starting the gym and how in other, <clears throat> excuse me, in other jobs that you had um, kind of taken on with personal training and the sales, you know, aspects to it and how after a while, like you're excited when you first start a job and then it just kind of fizzles when it's like not necessarily your own thing. But I think like the creativity that goes into the research and just learning the process of opening your gym and mm-hmm. to have the flexibility to do with, you know, what you want with your clients and train them how you want to want to train them and kind of going around it to me, I feel like that's what makes you feel alive. And that's yeah. like what you're kind of chasing yeah. after. Um, and I think that a lot of athletes like to be an athlete, like you need to be creative. Like I'm listening to you, you know, in our other, other part one of, you know, this podcast series about earning your intensity. Like a lot of those exercises are like creative ways of thinking and like, um, thinking outside of of the box, and I think that's a fun thing. And I feel like more athletes need to realize like that they're capable of doing that as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's and that's so true. Like the whole the whole process of do, of just starting this gym is was just literally me just putting in scenarios and writing down things that I need to do. Um, like, what do I need to do here? How's how's this going to work? How's this going to work? And it was just like a process. And then, like, I felt so alive doing the personal training. That really, like, pushed me. Like, all right, I need to really keep working to find a space and, and, and get a gym going. And I loved doing the personal training in-home stuff. Like, it is a little bit of a bear because, you know, you got to travel and all that. But, like, it was so worth it because, um, I mean, and these clients, I really build a relationship. I mean, they're like my – they still they come to see me here. And uh, it's – you build a relationship with these people. And they're like – and those are the people I put on my website where – they're like my success stories because these people were like kind of my day one individual people who like I was able to bring out with me from working at uh, personal training and just really just helped me stay motivated and help me feel alive training them at their place. Like I loved it. Yeah. Um, and it just pushed me to just be, you know, continue to try to find a space and, 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 and stay motivated really. Cool. Um, so take us through some of like the details of the gym. I know in our previous episode, <laughs> you kind of mentioned like the name and yeah. everything like that. So, um, yeah, wh- where did you come up with that? And isn't that like a process in itself, like trying to come up with a CrossFit? Yes. Name? Oh, my God. So um, I'll kind of backtrack real quick. So I eventually the space Steph found, my girlfriend Steph found this space, and eventually it all started working out like. Not the realtor? No, not the realtor. He, he, the realtor ended up being my guy for guidance. Okay. He was there for guidance, and he put together a lease. Gotcha. But you like, were like looking for but, places. But yeah. this wasn't this was wasn't out. So, but once I found it, and she, once she found it and referred it to me, I gave him the information so that it could be helped out. Um. So then I was like kind of ready, and during the game time, during the, not the game time, but like uh, during the process of looking for the gym and all that i knew that obviously a name right so going to you for the name um like haverford i wanted to make sure like when she found it like is it in haverford or in like the havertown area um 
and it was and this is Haverford Township technically. It's not Havertown. It's like literally if you cross the street it's Havertown. But um I knew that I wanted it was like right in my demographic. It had a parking lot. And I knew I wanted to use a name like CrossFit Havertown or Haverford. Why? Well, I learned from Westchester that's a pretty damn good name, right? It's a, it's a, it's a social, socially dominant uh, a business name. Uh, I, I'm, and I know from a business standpoint, at least from understanding from what they did and everything else, like you don't want a name that's going to – I want something that's welcoming to people. I want something that's going to make people feel like they're, you know – it's not complicated. Like, you know, you got all these CrossFit uh, gym names that are like CrossFit, you know, you know, savages or like something that's really like intimidating. Yeah, kind of scary. Yeah. Maybe, and that's cool. Like some of those names are badass. And like you might have the people who are like, yo, I'm going to go in this badass gym name, whatever. Right. Uh, I was like, Havertown would be great. Haverford. Right. Simple, easy, not used. You apply through CrossFit. Um, and then they go, uh, well, <laughs> this is funny. Because I was initially telling people I'm going to open up CrossFit Haverford. And then when I sent in the information to CrossFit Inc. or uh, HQ, um, they denied it. And they don't allow the names. To, this must be like a year and a half or so ago where they allow stopped allowing the use of uh, actual like towns, cities, states. It's it, I don't know, like celebrities. Uh, other close to other CrossFit gym names, and so I was denied them. And like Steph and I started thinking about all these names. I'm like, you know, what about CrossFit Fords? And I put in all these names, and I was get, getting denied. Like cause they just didn't allow these names anymore. I I don't, tr they don't really give you a true reason uh, why. Reason why they just said, hey, you can't have the names close to. It's probably, uh, and my realtor kind of gave me a better clear, uh, some more clarity on it. Um, it has something to do with like. Obviously, the social dominance of things, and you know, you know, anyone can open up a CrossFit anywhere. It's not like you can't. Uh, it's not like McDonald's, where like you have to be a certain mile radius away from another one or something like that. So I think it's has something to do with the social dominance thing. And uh, well, I was like, you know what? Well, I actually Steve thought of this. I didn't even think of MFP, and I go to Steve. I'm like, dude, I don't know what to do. And he's like, dude, why don't you use MFP? I'm like, because Mad Fitness Performance is already my thing, and that's my legal business name. Right. My legal business name is Cro is Mad Fitness Performance. So what if I'm just doing business as CrossFit MFP? It's like it sounds weird. I understand, like if I said CrossFit Mad Fitness Performance, but MFP just just three three letters, right? And it kind of rolls out the top, like MFP CrossFit MFP CF MFP whatever. It's not a hard name to say. It doesn't like it's not going to scare people away if like someone goes MFP. You know what I mean? It's not like a a. It's kind of more of a name that like for a general population, right? Maybe you know what I mean. It's not like a CrossFit super duper. Like you know what I mean? I I don't. I'm trying to think of a name, but yeah. something that's not going to scare people. Uh, also, just kind of a simple business name, but it also means something to me. Like MFP is my own personal business. So, um, I get in like hell if CrossFit, you know, shit's the, you know, shit goes, the, you know, all over the place here in, in, uh, 10 years from now with CrossFit, if something happens, which I don't think CrossFit's just thriving so hard as a, as a business and as a franchise and they're not going anywhere, but just so if something happened, I can always revert back to my, my actual business. Right. So it made sense too. And it would still be aligned. Yeah, right. Like, it's, it would still be aligned. Right. Yeah. So no, I'm not really losing anything by affiliating as CrossFit MFP. Right. I still have my business. So mm -hmm. um, that's really what went into my, the whole naming process. But I went to the logo company I worked with and I said, Hey, I still want a logo, but I want the H. So you see, like you got, I have to kind of take some people through it. Like see the, oh, yeah. see that there's an H. Yeah. So the dumbbell, they were able to kind of like put CrossFit in the H. So they still have like Haverford because the H, if you look at like Haverford High School, like look at the hat behind you and all that. Yep. So it's still a, a symbol to the community of Haverford Township. Like the whole H thing, like even Haverford College, Haverford High School, Haverford Private School, like Havertown, the H symbol is a, a big thing for the community township. Only people who are probably in the township in, in Havertown will actually notice it. Right. But for me, as my 
just to make me feel better about my business. I still wanted something in my logo that resembled something to the community because that's what CrossFit is. CrossFit is community-based fitness. It means something, and so that's why I wanted the logo to have something like that. And it's fairly simple. It's a dumbbell, and it's uh, I think there's it means you know the MFP means something to me, but the, the dumbbell and the H symbol mean something to more, everyone else. Right, brings the community together. Right. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, so did you have any fears going into it or you just kind of like went step by step to the process? Like, did you ever be like, yeah, maybe I don't want to do no, this. No, actually I was like the opposite. I was all in. Yeah. I'm still, I mean, I was, I, I was so all in about doing this that I, I felt like it was, I had to do this and it was meant to be. But <laughs> on the other hand, my girlfriend and every, my mother, like everyone else around me, my sister, uh, brother, like they were the ones worried. Like people were worried for me that were related to me or with me. Like you know, they were worried. They were scared. They Why? Were fe- you know, I mean, let's look at it from you know, like my mother's perspective, right? I mean, this is like I mean, one, I'm not just anyone. I'm not like rich. I don't have a lot of money. I mean, this, there's a lot of money invested into this project, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's not like I have a I don't have collateral. I don't have, you know, crazy credit or anything like that. I don't have a lot to my name. It's just like I'm – it's not like I already have an established business before this. Like this is my very first business. This is my very first thing. So like this is like an adventure. Like there's – there's it's all what if. There's no like guarantee that I'm going to be successful. And I think because there's that no guarantee and there's that worry, that's what – is making them worried, especially my girlfriend. Like, this is like, you know, we have to, uh, this could be, this is our future. And, um, this is something that it's going to move us forward and just move me forward in life. And, uh, you know, what if it fails? There's that, what if it fails? And I do, I do, I think a very good job of staying optimistic about things. I have to be probably more realistic sometimes, but I think for me, I'm so optimistic and I'm so, determined that I don't fear myself but I think people fear for me who are very close to me and um uh, I think now it's a little bit easier because the gym's actually up and it looks so much like this is exactly what I envisioned and now that this is happening and now things are kind of moving along the fear is kind of weaning away like initially starting this whole thing there's fear like like how are you going to get the money for this how are you going to uh, you know, get all the equipment in here. How are you going to do this? How are you going to do that? How are you going to do this? I mean, it, it was just so many what ifs, like, or how, like, how is this even going to happen? That's where the biggest fear was um, because there was no, there was nothing then. Like that the, wasn't your fear though. That was someone else's. Well, fear. even some of that was, I, I was a little fear then, but I was optimistic, but I did have a fear. Like, I mean, like the whole leasing process of like getting the whole space, like I almost did not get the space because the leasing negotiations were, were intense with what the landlord wanted versus what my realtor wanted for me and think that was fair for me. Uh, that whole process of going back and forth. And then also had to go to a zoning hearing. Like I, like there was a contingency on the lease saying that if you do, you know, this is dependent on getting approval from the township. Cause I mean, I have parking, but this, like this space in, ge- in general is retail. It's not a warehouse. Uh, I made it look like a warehouse, kind of. I tried to give it that CrossFit yeah. feel. It's got it. So I was like, I actually like it better because it's got a lot of windows. <laughs> I love yeah, windows. It's cool, and uh, you know, but this space like isn't approved for a gym. So we we got approval for a micro gym eventually, but I, I, this it was held back another month to go go to a zoning hearing in the township. Now, thankfully, I have a good connection with the township and my girlfriend has a good connection with the township. So I was able to get good word out there and get support. Um, but this process in general was, was definitely uh, scary. Like I didn't know if I was going to actually be able to do, have this vision and, and do this. So um, now it's a little bit easier. It's a little bit um, more manageable. Like things are rolling now and it's, things, it's getting exciting. But that whole process was just very nerve-wracking. Um, and so that's what those, especially for everyone around me, it was a little scary. Yeah. So I know you're early on in your entrepreneurial career, but 
do you notice that you have any weaknesses as an entrepreneur and how do you address those weaknesses? Um, I think for me, so this is the way I am. I'm very, I like to have control of things. I like to be able to like do things the way I want to do them. And I think, um, my weakness is being able to, and, but I mean, I did start with like just trying to learn from everyone. Like you can't just make, I'm not someone I, I just make stuff up. Maybe sometimes I do like, I mean, just envisioning a lot of this, but, um, taking advice and, you know, is, is sometimes hard. Uh, because you, you know, you have to be able to like shake your head and say yes and be able to take bits and pieces. But, um, for me, I think a big weakness is, um, being able to, uh, listen, you know, being patient. I'm not a patient person. I, I'm someone who likes, I think I need to be more patient with a lot of things and be able to like this whole process took a lot of patience, uh, cause there was a lot of what ifs and maybes. Um, so being patient. Um, just with like maybe not rushing to doing things quickly and maybe just starting slow. And I think that's what I, I mean, in this whole space, right? It's not huge. So I can always, the only idea is to start small and expand down the road. And I was able to take that advice, but being patient with that, like, you know, you would love, I mean, I would love to have a 5,000 square foot right away, but it doesn't work like that. Right. Especially in someone in my situation, at least. You got to earn your intensity. Dude. Yeah, you got to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. It's so true. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> like, I mean, it's almost not someone in, in a financial position to just go right for like a 5,000 square foot space and have no worries. Right. So this is uh, um, a process here. And, um, you know, I got it. I have to work on that. And I think uh, even just with people around me, my, you know, girlfriend and just being able to take advice from other people. Like that's something I have to work on. Um, from a business perspective, I think a weakness is, and this is something I wanted to talk about too. And like, I think I could maybe some of other coaches can relate to me, but like the idea of, um, you know, obviously a business is revolved around what it's revolved around money and you have to make money. You have to make a living. Um, and I understand that. And, uh, and that's why I started a business because I want to be able to see my a future for myself too. And doing what I love, it makes it even better. But um, what I have to do is, um, you know, you have to be able to, you know, ha have people pay you. And I've done a lot where, you know, I'm very lenient with people on their financial standpoint, even from when I was doing my personal training. But like, um, you know, I sometimes do things for free for people like if they need training, but, and that's, you know, you have to be, um, willing to just people to pay you and things like that. And I think, um, it could be a weakness of mine, but I also look at it like that's a strength of mine because, um, I look at sometimes people that walk into the door, not just as like a dollar sign. I look at people sometimes as like an opportunity for me to learn as a coach and develop myself as a coach because, I mean, that was the beauty of CrossFit when I first started working at Westchester. Like, you had so many variety of people that you had to work with and you had to adapt and change things on the go and um, be able to have different exercise selections and scalings and, and learning how to teach the movements to different types of people. It was just so much experience. So I look at people, I'm like, like I have my one client and um, when I took with me and you know, I was flexible, I'm flexible with her, with, with, um, her payments because she doesn't make a lot, but like, she's taught me more than what she's paid me because she was, when we first started, she like getting up and off the ground was, was tough. Um, and she had so many different issues. She has a knee issue. She has just things that I knew was going to be a challenge for me as a coach if I really want to make progress with her and she's still, this was a year and a half ago, probably she still to this day is my client and I love it. Every time she comes to image, we've made on uh, like the, f the amount of progress we made is, is been 10 times more beneficial than, than any money she's paid me. Um, and I try to look at people like that. I try to see anyone who comes in the door like as an opportunity for me to learn something rather than just them just paying me money. And I think 
that could be a downfall and weakness of mine, but that can also I feel like it's a strength too. Like I'm not also always looking about getting paid, um, but you know now as a business owner you have to get paid. But I mean, that's why I love it so much. That's why I'm so happy because like I can just train people and help people, and uh, I think that I think if more people looked at it like that, um, and I'm saying I don't I'm not saying I don't know who does or who doesn't. I'm just saying just in general. Maybe we can all learn something about about being a good trainer. I think that's one thing I didn't like about personal training at fitness and wellness facilities because they just looked at people as dollar signs and not just opportunities, at least I think. Yeah. And, I mean, we, we just talked about all the things that you've crammed into the last year since we talked. I mean, it's been like almost exactly a year mm-hmm. since I met you at uh, CrossFit Westchester, and we sat down, we worked out. We had a similar day to today. Mm-hmm. But it's incredible what you've accomplished. You you went to regionals. You you learned from that experience. Then you went on a journey of trying to start your own business and all the things that you've learned along the way. But I think what blows my mind is like, you know, we're sitting in your gym. <laughs> no, right I know. Now. Seriously, we talked a year ago. Now we're at my yeah, gym. Yeah, now we're sitting inside your gym. You're getting ready to go to another CrossFit regional. You know, like – that's I feel like a lot of athletes don't think that that is a possibility like they're so one track minded that you know I need to focus on their training their workouts their recovery their this their that when look at everything that you just listed off and everything that you've done to be sitting where we are right now recording this podcast episode and still competing at the highest level in your sport mm-hmm. you know like how and our one of our podcasts a year ago talked about that balance and, mm-hmm. and how that balance kind of like helped you, you know, pass that, that little hurdle that you couldn't get over the past, the, the couple of years before that in making it to regional. So how, how have you thought about balance in this past year? Oh man. That's, and that's something that like, res- that, that was always my like, um, mantra you could say is like keeping balance throughout the year. That's the hardest thing to do. And um, the the first thing was that uh, with my priority was was starting my career because I got the regionals experience, I got the competition experience that I worked so hard for, but I also wanted that so bad again. So like, how do I manage this, as well as like having a social life with my girlfriend and my friends? Um, so the first thing I want to do want to say is that none of all everything that's happened this past year is not just me like I've had just ridiculous amounts of support and and just help and people around me and so many positive people and just um just that helped me through this entire process whether if it's my girlfriend family uh, friends clients it's unreal about I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them or but I mean it's just it's unreal that I mean the fact that you just said like I mean it's I'm like holy holy shit dude like we're at like I have this gym it was like feels like yesterday that I was just thinking about it you know and it's a year, it almost was <laughs> it was and it was a year ago since we were talking at Westchester so I knew obviously that I could get for let's talk about from at least a, a training perspective and balancing it with owning a gym I had to always think in my head like gym first then train if I did everything I needed to do I felt like with with getting to the gym I I you know I really it made going to the um training a lot more worthwhile but I always made sure I had to get to the gym and just like I said we in the first part of our our talk we was like just make it quality work I knew what I always worked on my weaknesses and I always put everything at a high intensity where I knew I would feel like I would at regionals so I knew if I did that I would be at a, a, at least a good level to make it through the open because what's the open it's one workout a week for five weeks so you got to be able to just do one workout a week and just all out and if I can do that I'm not going to get worse I'm not going to make I'm not going to regress in my training over here so I can still get more fit and at least be practical what the open's like so if I do you know do qualify for regionals like I did what I needed to do that's probably why I was still like on the edge because I just did needed what I the bare minimum 
needed to do throughout the year and still got more fit and still was able to train. So, like, it's funny you say bare minimum. I'm I like, know. It's, it, well, bare minimum is, uh, I mean, it was so competitive this year, dude. Yeah. Unreal. Um, but I, you know, I really scaled down the amount of time I was at the gym and just made sure I was doing what I needed to do to make my dream come true. And, um, was still like I think the big balance part is another weakness of mine in terms of social life. Like I'm so into the gym now, and this is what I have to do and make a business. It's making sure that I make time for just you know um, me and Steph and just a social life is going to be important too. Um, but like this is everything in my life right now, and um, it's so important for me that you know I just love being at the gym. Like I'm like a gym rat here. Like I just I could live at the, this gym all day, every day. And I'm so happy about it. And um, so I still have balance to work with. But, I mean, um, training and, and starting a gym is, is not easy. It takes a lot of time. But you have to have – you just have to have it in the back of your head. Like, what's your number one? Then what's your number two? My number one was business and gym. And the number two was training. But, like, you know, it's not like I want – but I need to make sure if I go into the gym and train, I don't just go through the motions. I need to, like – Make it count. Make yeah. it count. Yeah, and based off what you just said, like it comes down to the quality of the time that you do spend working at your craft or your sport and also the discipline to like make you earn your intensity, right? Mm-hmm. Like you you put your work in for the gym, that's like your your goal. So then when you go to work out, like you can make it a quality session because mm-hmm. you know that you put in the work beforehand. That's really cool. Um so what do you want the culture of this gym to be like? Like, when someone walks in, like, what do you want them to immediately think? I want people – I you know, I, and I, I have a vision for this gym. I have a vision. I mean, one of the – talking about vision is exa- – like, everything that you see how the gym is set up is what I imagined. This is what I thought. This is how I wanted it to be. Um, and then my vision is for – to have this place to be a, a community, like any CrossFit gym. But, like, you know, this isn't like a click – there's no clicks here. There's not going to be – you know, everyone is going to, like, first thing I try to do is introduce, if there's more than one person in the gym, I introduce people to other people. Like, introduce people, because I feel like that's where things were left out when maybe I, I see other gyms and other places, like, introduce people, because people aren't going to do it themselves, because people are nervous sometimes in a gym like this. So, like, I think most people are going to feel nervous walking into CrossFit gyms if they've never been there, but I want people, when they walk in this gym, to, like, feel a positive vibe and energy like my mom was joking like i should have like something on this gym that says positive vibes only like right here above the bathroom (laughs) but like that's honestly how i feel like positive vibes and i think um you know i i'm not i don't know the science on it we were talking about this earlier but like just the colors of the gym about how like the red and the yellow give off a vibe and energy I, i mean you know i think there's something to that um, but I think some of it's just to like the, how the energy I bring that when people walk in through the door and how is it when like other people are talking to other people, like I want people interacting with others here at the gym. I don't want it to be like, you know, everyone introduces themselves to each other and that's really what's going to make a difference. Um, I think in this, in this gym and the community of people that walk in, cause I already see it now. Um, like just being, having people just at least like say hi to each other. And not just like walk by each other. We're thinking that you know, someone's too cool for anyone else. Like this isn't going to be that type of place. This is going to be a place where people are welcomed. People are going to feel welcomed. People are going to feel a, a positive way about themselves and feel that way when like we're gonna f- like there's going to be energy. Like people are going to feel that type of energy, and it's going to be contagious. And that's what I want it to be. It should be like a contagious energy of people. Like where no one's going to say I can't do this and I can't do that in this gym. Like that's not going to be allowed. You have to. People are going to be willing to try new things and be able to accept things where they are, but not take those things as like a permanent. Right. Okay. And we talked. I mean, obviously, in the first part of this series about earning your intensity and a lot of the accessory work that goes into your training to stay healthy. And how are you going to implement that into the programming here? Um, well, I have a plan. Obviously, I, well, the first thing is with programming is I want to use the CrossFit methodology. Constantly varied functional movement, high intensity. I think that's it's, it's a great methodology, and I don't think people should shy away from it. Um, I think it comes down to how is it coached 
and how is it educated between the co for what you want out of the members. Um, but with that being said, I think the first thing is change people how they think about their warm-ups. Instead of just kind of stretching, like we use these things of like earning intensity. What's your warm-up like for a class and how does it apply to the movement instead of just going through your, like your normal dynamic flow, which that's good for an extent, like it gets you warmed up, but like using those things and maybe just like not necessarily do a lift every day, but like I'm going to do like a Friday accessory strength day before the, you know, the Metcon uh, where we implement, you know, more single leg, unilateral work, um, different variations of core work. Like instead of just doing like, uh, you know, a back squat day and for strength, for condition, like what do you do between your sets of back squat instead of sitting down, maybe between our sets of back squat, we do a half kneeling anti-rotational hold. So you're not also just, you're kind of doing a double dose. So you're going to lift and you're going to do some core. Explain it to that to a general population. Hey, we're just going to do some squats just to get our legs strong. But guess what? In between your squats, I want you to work your abs and your core and, like, also help you stay injury preventative and make you feel like you're using more muscle, muscles, activating muscles. So, like, sliding, the, sneaking those things in there where people don't feel weird about doing them. Um, but also, I'll also have, like, an open gym program for unlimited members where, like, I'll program accessory work, extra work that allows them to, like, not – have to feel like it, they have to do it in a class, but maybe after class or before class. Um, so I would that, highly recommend that anyone that comes into this gym do that. Yeah. So yeah, and that's what it's going to happen. Like I'm going to have an open gym program next to the regular program, and um, I think it's just it's you know it's going to be an experiment of how I do it and how people react. But like it's for me, my part is educating to them why they do it and what the importance of it of of doing it is. Okay. Uh, and as we kind of wrap up the interview here, I mean, last year we talked about this already. Like, you know, you – I remember talking to you saying, like, you wanted to finish school this year and you wanted to mm -hmm. – uh, you didn't talk about the gym, but yeah, you did that. So It wasn't actually – maybe it wasn't even on my mind then. I mean, I don't know. It was in the back of my head, but not, like, right. as far forward. So you got school, you did regionals, then you built a gym, now you're going to regionals again. So what's next on the horizon for uh, Marco Dabke? You know, I'm going to, this one's going to be more of like a present moment type answer. Like I want, I'm just going to, I want my gym, like everything I said to you, what I envisioned for people, that's what I want to, I just, that's what I'm going to focus on now. And really like, I'm going to think about regionals next year, maybe a team. Like, my own gym team at regionals, like, a, a, a four-person team, two male, two female. Like, that would be really great um, just because it would look good for the gym and it would just be another part of, like, balancing competition CrossFit compared to general population at your gym. But, like, I just want to see this gym be successful and be and mean something to the people around in this community. Like, working at the high school around the corner is great for me, I think. Being a part of the township is great. Having members from the township is great. Having the police and fire people in here. Um, just reaching out to other local business owners at, in Havertown. Like, I want this to be this gym to really be a symbol for the community. And um, that's what I'm going to push this next year. I just want to really make sure this is seeing success. Uh, because, you know, I'm under pressure too. Like, this is my life. So I have to make this and I want to make this successful. Okay. Awesome, dude. And uh, where can people find you online? Um, just go on. So you guys can either go to two, th two of my other Instagram accounts. My just regular Instagram account is AdMadFitAndPerform. My uh, business is AdCrossFitMFP. Uh, AdCrossFitMFP. Um, also go on the Facebook, AdCrossFitMFP, um, my own Facebook. And then um, go on the website, www.CrossFitMFP.com. Um, that's really just keeping up with the gym. If you guys want to see anything about the gym or have any questions, um, that's really where I do most. I like I, I like social media, and I think social media is just a great way of of building. I mean, I, there's obviously obviously pros and cons nowadays how people use social media, but um, and I try to put a lot of my own content out there and for the gym a lot right now. So all right, uh, one last question I just thought of: Do you think that being a having that athlete duality of having your athlete identity and then having uh, an entrepreneurial creative side to you. Do you think that makes you perform at a more elite level? I, th I feel like it does actually. You know, it's funny you asked, you asked that, but um, I get a good, now I feel like this year being at regionals, I'm going to have a very 
high sense of pride of being able to work out at regionals at, as a high level athlete representing my own gym. And I think that's just going to motivate me to push harder and I don't know, perform better. It also takes a lot of less pressure off me. I feel like too, like, cause like, you know what? I, I got it made. I got my own gym. Like, you know, if I don't perform well at regionals, whatever, but I think that pressure coming off of me is going to make me perform better. Um, and I think it just motivates me to walk the walk. Like, I want to be a role model for the people in my gym, and I want people to realize that um, this is this gym is owned by someone who, who this is their life. And uh, I think it's just, I think that's important. And I want to be a symbol for people, and I want people to see, like, yeah, this gym, <laughs> Marco, the, the gym owner, is, like, legit. Like, he's, he's a competitor. I mean, even though he helps other people out, like, I think it's important for me to be a high-level athlete, at least because I want to be, but I think it's just a good way for me to be a role model. Awesome, dude. Uh, thank you so much for hosting me today and coming up awesome. with a workout for us. Yeah, I'm really thankful to be on this podcast, just so everyone's listening. Like, this is – I really support your podcast, and I was really glad that I re reached out to you. I didn't do it for any personal. I think it's just because um, I like what you do with this podcast, and it just means a lot for me to be um, helping – you know, if it helps you promote this, and I want to promote your podcast because I think people should be learning more about like the perseverance side of athletes. You know, even the cold concussion thing they talk about—it's so important. So, um, yeah, this is awesome. Well, thanks for the support on that end, and I know that you know just you being you, like you're going to be. Well, you're one of those people that no matter where you take yourself, like you're going to be successful. So, uh, I wish you the best of luck with thanks, your man. new gym, and I'll definitely be rooting for you. Uh, at regionals this year. All right, thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. Anytime, dude.